Welcome in to the newest episode of the Hoth Hangout podcast. It's going to be a fun one this evening. We're going to be covering uh, mainly our, our thoughts on the sequels a few years uh, following the fact of those coming out. It's going to be an interesting episode for sure. A little, uh, a couple updates in regards to the gaming universe, and then a little, uh, a couple Mother's Day shout outs as well. But before we get into all of that, of course, if you're not subscribed to the Hoth Hangout YouTube channel, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. We would really appreciate it very much. And thanks as always uh, for listening to us on all your podcast listening platforms, whether that be Apple, Spotify, whatever you may listen to your podcasts. We're also now officially on Instagram. So check us out at Hoth Hangout on Instagram, in addition to over on Twitter Finally. and TikTok. Finally, yes. <laughs> uh, also at Hoth Hangout on both of those platforms as well going to be a great one today but before we get into all of that joey what's going on man i see you're rocking the uh the ray yeah. the ray i think i think it was only appropriate that you know since we're talking about the sequel trilogy we talk about uh wearing the the proper attire for it so we got ray here rocking from the star wars celebration in chicago back in 2019 um okay it was a uh show exclusive so you know i may be one of you know four people that got it I don't, I don't know how many people got this but <laughs> but it's definitely uh no i gotta had to wear that but no i'm doing well today was my daughter's birthday oh uh, so we went birthday. yeah thank you yeah she just turned 10 today so we hit up the museum downtown and uh yeah it was a fun day so uh if you could anybody if you're watching on youtube drop a little happy birthday justine in the uh comments just to give her a little love too i'd appreciate it there we go nice welcome to double digits justine happy, oh happy gosh. birthday yeah, that's, uh, you You wonder why I've lost all my hair. That's, 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 <laughs> I have a 10-year-old. There you go. <laughs> well, uh, I hope her birthday was awesome. I hope that was a fun day for all of you guys. Um, I guess let's kick it off with a few things not related to sequels, and then we'll hop into what the bulk of this podcast will will be. In the world of gaming, which, of course, both Joey and I, uh, that's originally, of course, how we first met. Uh, we have been doing our playthrough of Jedi Survivor, most recently at the time of the release of this podcast. Uh, roughly 36 hours before the release of, the, uh, of this podcast, we were playing our third episode of the Jedi Survivor playthrough, the uh, newest Survivor or the newest Star Wars game to, to be released. Uh, we, Joey and I, have uh, self dubbed ourselves the masters of the side quests. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you go watch, if you go back and watch the VOD, you, you see us on, I think, at least two side quests that takes about half of the time. That we are on um on the planet that we're at. we're still on the second planet, about oh, six well, hours right. into the game. Yeah, still about six hours into the game. Um, but I I'm we we I for me because I'm playing I'm playing it now, not Ben. So I definitely go look for every single little nook and cranny to find things. So this might be a little bit of longer uh playthrough. I felt bad. I felt like at times I was like backseat gaming too much. I was like, oh <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, especially in the especially in the last one, we I, I we were trying to figure it out. We were there for about. I went back. I think we were we were there for almost an hour. On yeah, that, so on that last one, if you didn't manage to catch our live stream, the the last hour, as Joey just said, was in this one location, and it was like us trying to figure out this puzzle thing where you had to like move like a ball to get it to fit into a thing, and there was two of them, and you had to like maneuver them around in a specific way. So it took us a long time, right? Joey finally figures it out, probably 45, 50 minutes in. And the worst part of this whole thing is when we finally get to the point in the 
puzzle room that we were trying to get to, there's like no reward except yeah. for a specific, like a like a uh, a lightsaber uh, hilt. Like yeah, right. A very, not even the full hilt, just like one piece of it. So yeah, <laughs> you're um, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, but I it was satisfying to actually finish it. So yeah, no no regrets. No no regrets. No regrets. Well, we're gonna be playing even more Jedi Survivor uh, in the coming weeks. Hopefully, making it to the end of the game. Out of it, a little bit of a slower pace, uh, but we'll get there eventually. Don't you worry. So if you enjoy Star Wars and if you are a fan of just video games in general, check out our live streams for Jedi Survivor pretty much nearly every week at this point. Typically either on a Monday or Tuesday evening is when those become mm-hmm. available or, or should be, I should say, uh, be able to be watched live. Uh, and then, of course, moving on to another game, which I know both of us, but especially Joey, holds very near and dear to his heart. Uh, and what we've discussed on, I think, our last two or three episodes of the podcast uh, is Fortnite, of course. And the Darth Vader skin is now officially in Fortnite. Or, and you can play as Darth Vader uh, in, in this game. Now, Joey, how does it make you feel, these two worlds of yours coming, well, it's, uh, coming together? Well, uh, it's actually him. You have to fight Darth Vader in this game Wait, now. You, don't even, you don't get to play as him? <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, it was in there before, but yeah, this this was referring to actually the Darth Wrap Vader. Everything yeah. I just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there, there's you, you have to actually fight Darth Vader in the game as part of the quests um, that we've kind of mentioned in the past. Um, right. The the skin that we're trying to get is the Darth Maul skin, and um, we are now in the last phase of that Darth Maul pass, uh, which is live for the next six days. And one of the one of the things that you do have to do is defeat Darth Vader, like on on the Fortnite island with all the stormtroopers uh, surrounding him. So it's a it's interesting. But yes, um, I don't think now that I think back, uh, yeah, I don't think the Vader skin is actually available for you to purchase. Uh. Um, but I think uh, I think it was maybe a year ago. But yeah, for some reason it has not come back. So this skin was in the game prior to this point, but it's yes. just that he is like the final boss in order to get the Darth Maul skin. Yeah, one one of the one yeah one of the challenge tasks is to defeat uh, Darth Vader in there. So, uh, which is fun because kind of like what you mentioned last week, it's fun to have to play as certain characters in Star Wars. It's even more fun when you're actually playing against them as well. So I think it's it's a uh, it's funny uh, trying to trying to uh, snipe Darth Vader from, you know, 400 meters away <laughs> while he's throwing, he's throwing lightsabers around. So, uh, but yeah, it is the final phase of the Darth Maul pass in the next six days. If you don't, if you don't get in on it now, then you'll miss it out for this round. Y'all got until May 23rd to get you that Darth Maul skin. Uh, for those of you watching the video version of the podcast, uh, check out that awesome looking skin. It actually looks like it's straight from the movie. It's cool how accurate yeah, yeah. you can, uh, they can yeah. make it look in the game. But I'm about two challenge tasks away from unlocking them. So Ooh, I got to get there up. very soon. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm more than two challenge tasks. Away. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll get it. I'll have to grind yeah, a little bit of Fortnite in the next week. I'll get there. Don't you worry. Uh, and then kind of moving on from the world of gaming in which we are both such big fans of. Of course, we want to wish a slightly belated, but nonetheless, very, very happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there in the world. And uh, we also want to give a special shout out to some of the mothers within Star Wars. Uh, Joey and I both kind of picked one to focus on, but also worth mentioning, there's some some great mothers in, in the world of Star Wars. Uh, a few of them that came to mind for the both of us when we were going over this uh, this list of mothers was... Actually, one that came to mind at the end was Aunt Beru, which she's like 
she plays a mother role to Luke. You know yeah, what I mean? I think so. Uh, Padme, of course. How could we forget Padme? Shmi Skywalker, kind of this uh, source of anger for Anakin eventually. And uh, oh, they're, yeah, they are. But we uh, we love the mothers of Star Wars right there. That's a good look. That's a good picture. Producer, <laughs> yeah. producer Gibbo coming in with the uh, with the nice nice pictures there. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the as maybe we don't see too much of you know Padme obviously as as a mother. But you know she she obviously was the mom of uh, both Luke and Leia, and uh, how important she was to the entire universe of Star Wars. Uh, like you said, you know Shmi and Aunt Beru, obviously very important, uh, not only to their families but also to the again to the, uni- the universe of Star Wars. So we thank them, and we thank we thank. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's great to have these moms be represented here, and I'm sure we missed a ton as well. But uh, me and Ben actually picked some of our favorite. You know, the, one of our our favorite moms of Star Wars. So Ben, you want to go first, and what you? Yeah, picked? definitely. Uh, so when we were talking about this, uh, we I was trying to think. I asked Joey actually right before the podcast, and I think I asked you when we were planning the notes for this podcast too, if I should pick based on their example of motherhood or just like how much I like them as a character, but it's kind of like a mix of the two in a way. But mm-hmm. I guess for me, my pick was Hera only because I love her as a character, even though we don't really get to see her as a mother per se, but in a way, which Joey was uh, good to remind me of, she is sort of a mother of the crew as a whole mm-hmm. in, in rebels. Uh, for those of you that maybe are, you know, movie only star Wars watchers and you haven't seen rebels, uh, first of all, I highly encourage you to watch the show because it's really incredible. And uh, second of all, Hera is the sort of female lead of this show, more or less. I guess you could argue Sabine kind of is too, but um, she is the mother role of this crew of Ezra, Sabine, uh, Kanan, and Zeb, who, by the way, we got to see in live action for the first That's time right, recently, yeah. which was pretty cool. Um, but then, of course, she is also a mother to Jason Sindula who I think I had to be reminded of this when we were talking about it. Yes, you did. But the la- very last episode of Rebels, uh, you see her with Jason, who, of course, uh, I guess, spoiler alert, close your ears if you if you want to watch Rebels and still, for some reason, haven't seen it. But Kanan um, uh, and yes. Kara have a child. Uh, unfortunately, Kanan does not make it to, the, to this point in the show, but um, their child, Jason Sindula, J-A-C-E-N, which is actually a tribute to um, Han and Leia's child in Star Wars Legends, the name of him, oh. uh, who was Jason Solo. And then, of course, Jason Solo is also kind of the prototypical character for the forming of uh, Kylo Ren, or Ben Solo, as we uh, see gotcha. in the sequels, which we'll talk be talking about today. So it all kind of ties in yeah, together yeah. there. But, oh, perfect. Uh, Harrison Dula is, is probably... I think just my if I was making a list of favorite um, character, not just female characters, but characters in general in mm-hmm. Star Wars. I mean, I, I I would still go Ahsoka number one, uh, but just characters in general in Star Wars. Hera is definitely in my top ten. I don't know if I would put her in my top five, but I, all that to say, she is like one of my favorite characters in yeah. Star Wars. And, and who will we we will be able to see in live action very soon in Ahsoka. So. Yes. Along yeah, with so, Sabine and uh, Ezra yeah. as well. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe Jason Sindula appears in there too. Who knows? We may see. Yeah. Mother, Mother uh, Hera there as well. So. Yeah, I wouldn't that? be shocked. What about that you? Who's uh, cool. who's your favorite? Mother I gotta go of Star with Wars? the uh, 
with the the fan the favorite Leia. What do we have name yet? <laughs> the fan favorite Leia, Leia Organa. Um, I mean, in every every movie, she's been so iconic. Um, just in the way that she presents herself. I mean, she ends up being a general at the end. Um, you know, we find that she is part. You know, she is of course force sensitive. We, you know, as being the twin of Luke's. They did some Jedi training together. Um, ben Solo is the her her son. Um, and even even through it all, I mean, you you still saw the connection, and we'll even talk maybe we'll even talk a little bit about it today. Uh, the connection with between her and Ben, um, even throughout the sequel trilogies, even though they were on such separate sides uh, of the world as far as the Force, um, she was still able to hold on to, to hold on a piece of him that maybe nobody else could. So I think uh, Happy Mother's Day to her and to everyone. Um, but yeah, she's my favorite mom inside of the Star Wars universe. It's pretty it's pretty tough to to beat Princess yeah. Leia in terms of uh favorite yeah. favorite I wanted to call her I wanted to call her first. Um <laughs> when I wanted dibs <laughs> on her when we were talking about um favorite mothers. So uh I, I made sure to do that real quick. You know unintentionally we kind of picked the same uh the 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 children of our picks for favorite mother are basically the same person if you think about it. Oh they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both based off the same character in one way or another. Look at that. Yeah, Legends. So. Thank you. Legends. Yeah. <laughs> Does that mean we're uh what's the opposite of retconning? Like reinstituting? Are, are we <laughs> yeah, reinstituting yeah. legends? Reiterating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but again, want to wish a very happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. We uh appreciate you and we hope you had a wonderful day getting to uh, maybe celebrate with family a little bit as well. So uh, happy Mother's Day to everyone out there, too. The final thing we wanted to touch on very briefly before we hop into the sequel trilogy discussion. Uh, guess who had a birthday this week, <laughs> Joey? None other than Papa George himself. He <laughs> had a birthday on May 14th. And uh, this man, the genius mind, of course, behind the world that we all love. Mm -hmm. Very near and dear to our hearts in a galaxy far, far away. Mm -hmm. This dude is 79. I told you That's, right before yeah. we started recording. I thought he was like not even 70. <laughs> he looks yeah. good for 79. Well, uh, money will do that to you, I think. So uh, <laughs> he's got yeah. that Disney money now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I think he's set. He's he's. I mean, I I think he still dresses like a dad with the jeans and the uh, the flannels and all that. Yeah, George, which Lucas I bad vibes. Which I um, appreciate being a dad myself. There you um, go. I feel like if I got that Disney money, I would do the same. I would still have the the Skechers and the um <laughs> and the belt clip from a phone, you know. So I, I, you know, he he's got those dad vibes. But yes, George, thank you for for Star Wars. Happy birthday, sir! And uh, if you want to subscribe to our podcast, you know where to do it. Yeah, we we have it on good good word that George is uh, maybe a listener of the Hoth Hangout podcast. Oh. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, what do you think is big, a bigger dad vibe? Sketchers or those white New Balance with the blue? Like, oh, probably that one. Yeah, the, the yeah. New Balance. Yeah. With the, I think, with the blue N on them. Uh, yeah, I think George probably rocks those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, happy birthday to George. Happy 79th birthday to George Lucas. Wow. Hope he is doing well, enjoying retirement. But also, we miss you. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which... Yeah, speaking of which, perfect opportunity to transition into talking about the uh, only trilogy of the Skywalker saga that was not edited by George Lucas, the sequel trilogy, 
Um, I think just to kind of kick off our conversation, because this is going to be the bulk of this episode, I just want to say that I think there's kind of, not from everyone, but kind of this general negative stigma or feeling around the sequels. And I think what Joey and I are really hoping to do with this episode um, is not really like reaffirm those stigmas and stereotypes. Like we still might have obviously parts of the movies that we find, you know, less than appealing or whatever. But I think it's more so to readdress the films years later and kind of touch on things that we might have forgotten about or things that they did well that maybe people gloss over and they only look at maybe the negative things. I mean, we'll talk about the good and the bad, of course, but um, we kind of wanted to go into this with an open mind. We each watched we each watched each of the uh, three sequel trilogy films from beginning to end in order to sort of prep for this podcast. And uh, I really, Joey, tell me how your watch throughs went. I went into it kind of thinking, okay, I want to have as little biases as I can going into this. And I tried to watch each one with a really open mind. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't remember the last time I watched all three consecutively in a row. If I'm going to be honest I, with you, I had never done that. I'd yeah, only seen so, eight, nine, one time before my so rewatch. That, so probably for you, just like we've talked about with shows, it could be a different experience if you do it that way in comparison to having to wait week by week hmm. um, when a show releases. I mean, this is a perfect opportunity to kind of, you know, quote unquote, binge watch uh, these movies straight through. So that was kind of my mentality going into it. Like maybe I'm going to see things a little bit differently, um, either from bad or good. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I was, I was actually pretty excited to get into these. Yeah. I, like I said, I approaching it with an open mind. I, I wanted to give them a fair shot and I, I think mm -hmm. that's what I did. And I think yeah. I came away with things from each film that I was surprised by completely mm -hmm. and honestly. Yeah. Um, and I guess before yeah. we hop into the specifics of that, uh, Kind of the other general general sentiment that surrounds these films is, <laughs> I guess, what I would call the the asynchronization of the plot that runs between the films, especially, um, or or like the strings that tie the films together. And for those that obviously you know watch these films when they came out or have gone back and and looked at the development process. Uh, you know, of Disney making these films is that each one was directed by initially was supposed to be directed. I think by JJ was supposed to do all three and like before seven ever came out. Mm. And then Ryan Johnson signed on to do episode eight, uh, which by the way, I'm a huge Ryan Johnson fan. He's one, actually one of my favorite directors. Knives out. Um, Knives out. Fantastic movie. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, uh, what Trevorrow was yeah it was originally signed on to do episode nine dropped out relatively late in the process and of course as we know now jj the same jj abrams the same director who uh did episode seven came on to do episode nine as well which in turn made for i guess i don't know if i want to resort to using the adjective sloppy storytelling mm -hmm. but but films that did not because I don't think the movies themselves for the most part are sloppy storytelling. We'll get into some details there more a little bit later. But 
you know, if, if you were to look at each film as like a ball on a string, right? The strings between each each ball mm-hmm. just is like twisted and knotted. Maybe there's like some you know dirt on those strings. Yeah, I, I don't know if you're. <laughs> I don't even know if this analogy is making any sense or not. But what I'm trying to say is, well, some of, some of the strings are frayed. Like you're, yes, this is kind yes. of what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not clean. It's not it's, a clean. It's not, it's not clean. clean. It's not clean. And and having different directors for films that form a are supposed to form a trilogy just creates like an entirely different vibe between each movie. And sometimes it, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. There's certain things about each film and the style that yeah. I like. Um, and then there's certain things about each style and each film where I'm like, ah, I didn't love that. Yeah. So just as sort of a preface to our discussions and our conversations regarding these films, uh, yeah. that is always that underlying component in that, I think when these films came out, there was a perceived animosity between J.J. Abrams and uh, and Ryan Johnson. And I don't mm-hmm. even know if that was the case or not. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of that came from the fact that, for example, J.J. would institute something in Episode 7, right? For the record, I, I, I liked what J.J. did for the most part in Episode 7. And then Ryan would institute something in Episode 8 that kind of built off what J.J. did, but really switched things up in some way. Mm-hmm. And then having the same director from seven direct nine, there was a few things that were almost like undone yeah. that Ryan did to undo what JJ did. So it was almost like a, yeah, I'm yeah, doing yeah. it my way again, buddy. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, right. Exactly. So I don't know that that is, uh, that's, that what, is that's what, what that's where, <laughs> yeah, that, <clears throat> that is what we had to work with going, yes. going into the sequel trilogy. Yes. Did you? I, I just rambled for a long time. Do you have any thoughts overall before we hop into talking about the Force Awakens? No, I think uh, we can get started right into Force Awakens. Okay. Uh, this one, Force Awakens. This was released uh, December eighteenth of twenty fifteen. Hard to believe that we're, gosh, almost eight years removed from this film. Mm. Uh, and that's that's also worth noting too. This this film, the first scene. Kylo like catches the blaster midair. Like that's awesome that yeah that was something they could do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um I when I was taking notes on this film, the very first thing I wrote to that remar- uh that regard is that visually I think these three films are the best Star Wars has ever looked. Yes. Um and, you know, they're motion picture films that have a ton of money pumped into the CGI department and whatnot. But... Yeah, and when was the last Star Wars film? I mean, <laughs> or True, Skywalker yeah. saga film. Yeah, not not to, I guess, jump ahead too much, but that's something I noticed in Episode Nine with the way the lightning looks mm-hmm. uh, when, when Palpatine's shooting the lightning mm-hmm. compared to how what it looks like when he's shooting the lightning in Revenge of the Sith, which oh, came yeah, out yeah. in 2005. Like... In 05, it's like, you know, the purple streaks coming from his fingers. Yeah, right. But then in 2019, when Rise of Skywalker came out, it's just like these blasts of lightning, like yeah, going yeah, into right, the sky. Yeah. You're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> right. Anyways. um, So not I think what we're going to do with our kind of overview of these, I'm going to try not to go into too much depth on story details, because mm-hmm. I think I have a tendency to do that sometimes. <gasps> what? Um, can we? Can we uh... 
cue anytime Ben has talked about anything right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I will say a, a couple of the notes I made on Force Awakens. I enjoyed the process of getting to experience something from a stormtrooper's perspective. Um, this was Force Awakens was the only one of the sequel trilogies that I had seen multiple times prior to my rewatch. Um, so kind of starting off with with Finn, um, I was trying to watch it from the perspective as well of someone who almost had never seen it. So I was mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, you know, getting to experience something from a stormtrooper's perspective, that's something we never got before this film. Yeah, true. Um, and then of course, Snoke comes in in this film, which I have so many thoughts on Snoke that, that I would love to get into. Um, and, and we can maybe talk about that more with episode eight, potentially. Um, another thing, this was one of the negative remarks I had about Force Awakens was that I think sometimes it felt like it was trying too hard to be funny. Mm. And it's it's just a very different um, type of funny from the originals. Because mm -hmm. the originals, it, it kind of felt so natural, especially with Han. Yeah, sure. it, it was like, you know, the scruffy nerf herder funny. Whereas this one, it doesn't, quite hit the same way when poe makes mm -hmm. a you know like a side comment mm -hmm. like he's talking with kylo, kylo ren at the very beginning he's like what what am i supposed to say are you gonna talk yeah, yeah. am i gonna talk i'm gonna talk right, I'm like right. this is the first two minutes of the film and you're already trying to be funny you know what i mean yeah right yeah yeah um but i also think the movie is more enjoyable not knowing how the next two films go mm. and, and maybe that maybe that's a negative thing in the grand mm -hmm. scope Mm -hmm. uh, but those were a few of the thoughts that I took away. Oh, and then the last one I was going to make a note of, and this is kind of akin to the fact that sometimes it feels like they're trying too hard to be funny. I made a note that says the dialogue feels way too on the nose. Mm. I think I, what I meant by that was like, let's say they're, I, I wish I could think of an example of this off the top of my head, but I think the way you commonly see this manifest in movies is when there's an obvious over explanation of something that they are doing or need to do or trying to do. Yeah, right. Yes, yes, yes. And so it's like, well, duh, that's what you're, you don't have to like say mm -hmm. it. And a lot of the dialogue in this film, watch this closely because I noticed this when I was watching The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi, it feels like a lot of the dialogue, especially between Luke and Rey, there's pause. In The Force Awakens, there's certain scenes in this film. Where it's like line, cut to the next person, line, cut to the next person, line. Like the whole thing feels a little bit mm. rushed. Okay. And Last Skywalker is actually a little bit, uh, The Rise of Skywalker is actually that way a little bit too, mm -hmm. I thought. Right. So I had a lot more thoughts, but at the risk of going too long, I want to hear what some <laughs> of your thoughts were on Force Awakens. So, you know, as I mentioned, you know, I wanted to go into this as like kind of fresh and, you know, pretend I had never seen it. Um, how it feels if, if this was my first Star Wars, how would this feel? You know, mm -hmm. um, and what to mention to, to comment on some of the things that you said, like the, the, the funny bits, I, I think just as time goes on, the versions and the, the way you can be funny is just different now to where, where things were a little bit not quite as on the nose as you said there there has to be a little bit more kind of 
um, purpose towards it. Not purpose, but like, you know, kind of almost exaggerated. It, it just kind of feels like that's where we are sometimes mm-hmm. when we're watching these movies. Like, I think like things like Spider-Man or any Marvel movie or anything like that, that's kind of where we are, you know? And yeah. and this was kind of in that era of, you know, so um, I, I still laughed at quite a bit of, of uh, some of the jokes that were there. Um, even when, even, you know, you know, you kind of mentioned the Poe um, scene there. Even when he did that, he did that twice with Kylo also. He did it also, I think, on the, um, when he was on his ship uh, being uh, interrogated. He also um, did it there where he was kind of like doing, I can't hear you with the mask on and you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I, you know, it, I think that sets a precedent basically for his character. You know, this is, he's kind of the smart mouth. He is... You know, he's later called a fly boy, he, you know, and, you know, he, he kind of just does what he wants. So it kind of set that tone really early with with Poe, which I, I think I liked. Um, my big thing was. By the end of this movie, I was so hyped for everything. Yes, I remember <laughs> for, that feeling, too. I, I remember oh, I was so hyped for everything. Um, and this is kind of how I felt at the end of this watching it again. Um, kind of seeing Ray kind of develop in the way that she did. Um, you know, she was this, um, you know, I'm not going to go into the story too much, but yeah, eventually she ends up realizing she, you know, she has these force powers and, um, is able to manipulate them in ways that she can figure out. She doesn't understand exactly how or why she has all this, um, even a little bit timid, a little bit scared sometimes that she, you know, of, of where she could do it. If you remember in the scene where she is able to pull the lightsaber from, you know, the snow in front of Kylo, mm-hmm. she almost has like a scared look, you know, like she's like, whoa, I can't believe I'm doing this. So props to props to Daisy on the acting there. Um, I enjoyed all the acting very much in this movie. Um, I do remember. So in comparison to like when I was watching it originally, I do remember thinking, wow, this is just like new hope or this was, this was a lot like the star Wars. This was very comfortable watching this movie. Um, there was definitely a few updates in comparison to other star Wars movies that we had watched. Um, but I, I I really felt that this was going to go somewhere really great, you know? Mm -hmm. So by the end of this, when I was watching it this time, I felt that, you know, like, oh, this is going to be good. Um, you can't, because you have pretty much all the things that you have. You have the hero that has this, that has determined, like, oh my gosh, I'm, I am a special person. You've got the person who was injured at the end of it. You had Finn, who was, you know, pretty brutally hurt in that battle with Kylo. You had no idea exactly what was going to happen with him. You saw Kylo was, uh, Kylo was down um, as well. And he's going to group up with Snoke at the end. Um, yeah, so it, you still had these. You still had a lot of potential going out of this movie, and uh, I was excited for it. Um, and some of the bad things about it, I mean, I, I still didn't find. I mean, I still enjoyed it. Going, you know, going into this in my like list of Star Wars movies, this is this is probably one of the top ones out of the sequels. You know, this was. Mm-hmm. I think this was normally on my like you know the top of the sequels. This this movie was it for most so, people. I think that's the same. I would say. Yeah, so that's kind of where I started everything. Is that where I end them? We'll see. <laughs> okay, so do you want to wait until after we talk about eight and nine to kind of go over our list of all three? 
Uh, or would you rather kind of give a feeling of what you thought in regards to... Because I know how I felt at the end mm -hmm. of my rewatch of Episode 7 compared to how I felt at the end of my first watch of Episode 7. Okay, yeah, we can talk about that. Because I, Well, I also think it's a little bit of an unfair conversation because as you mm -hmm. alluded to, the first time we ever saw Episode 7, there was no Episode 8 and Episode 9. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so all of what we we're thinking about was up in the air in regards to you know how the rest of the trilogy would turn out and so you know we we can we can kind of go into this one this rewatch with an open mind and say we're going to give this like you know a huge shot and a and whatever chance we want to give it but you know when push comes to shove we know how things end already at this point in right. time so uh having said that i would say i would say the film it definitely holds up that's for sure mm -hmm. um and i find i found it just as enjoyable for me personally yeah. as mm -hmm. the first time i watched it however obviously at the conclusion of the movie i wasn't at the same level of excitement as i was the very first time i saw it mm -hmm. of course um right but all that to say i didn't find it to be particularly better or worse Mm -hmm. on my watch through one other point i did want to note that i i forgot to bring up earlier because i think it's important for the the scope of the trilogy and kind of to tie it back to the what we were talking about with the directors earlier something that these films really oddly do is that they can't decide who the love interests are going to be in each mm -hmm. movie mm -hmm. like in episode seven it is heavily implied that the main love interest of these films is going to be Ray and Finn. Like the movie ends and you're like, oh, no, I mean, this is happening. They're, yeah. yeah, they're going to be together. They're going to be this force couple yeah. by the end of episode nine. You know what I mean? Um, and then episode eight gets here and, you know, it's like uh, Finn and um, Rose, Rose come in, and, yeah. and Ray and uh, Kylo and, and, Kylo yeah. and the. You know, even Poe and his his uh, Spice Runner girlfriend in Episode Nine, yeah, but I mean that's kind of beside the point. What what I'm really trying to say is, this is just another emphasis yeah. on on the fact that there's a little bit of a lack of direction, yeah, in regards to what they wanted to do with the characters <laughs> and direction. And I get it. Direction. <laughs> I get it. Honestly, I think I think as Disney. What they're doing now is smart, not to go off track too much, but what they're doing now is smart in having movies that uh, coming out that don't connect to one another because mm -hmm. it gives directors the, a little bit more creative freedom, even though they're still mm -hmm. under the umbrella of Disney. Because when you do something like a trilogy and you don't have the same supervision over every movie, you end up with movies like these. Not that they're yeah. bad, but they just, you know, they don't yeah. go together in a way that really works. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, you know, I, I, when I first watched it, it was definitely exciting. I enjoyed it. I, I came out of it. I was happy. Um, and I wasn't necessarily, you know, more happy. I mean, obviously it's been some time. I know what happens in the movie. So, you know, it was about the same for me. So, but all that to say that, you know, like I said, this is, this was my top out of the sequel going into this. Yeah. And maybe, okay. So maybe real quick before we start talking about episode eight. Maybe we could both give our rankings of these films for us personally before our watch through. Oh, okay. So, I mean, mine is before the watch through would have been seven, eight, nine. Mm hmm. 
Well, um, how about you? Same, same, 789. Yeah. I, which I think is a, probably the most common series of rankings mm-hmm. for Star Wars fans, if I had to guess. I don't know that for sure. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, so episode seven, I, while I think it is essentially episode four redone, uh, mm. it doesn't take a ton of risks, but it is probably the most quintessentially Star Wars movie of the three. Uh, right. And for that reason, it got great Rotten Tomatoes scores, both with the critics and with fans, getting 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, which shocked me that it was that high. Um, that's the critic score, and then the fan score, mm-hmm. of course, being 85%, which is still pretty high. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that to say, at, at the time that this movie came out, this was very hyped, and the the results of the film were were almost all positive, from, yeah. from at least from in terms of Rotten Tomatoes, I should say. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Did you have any concluding thoughts on Episode 7 before we move on to Episode 8? Uh, not really. I'm just, uh, I was just, like I said, I was equally as happy going in, uh, coming out of that movie first time in comparison to this time. Yeah. Something Joey and I are trying to focus on with these podcasts is kind of be more concise with our thoughts. And now I'm realizing (laughs) like things that we left out. So if we do leave anything out about these episodes that you like, oh, they didn't talk about that in episode eight, or they Mm -hmm. didn't mention blah, blah, blah in episode seven. Uh, feel free to let us know in the YouTube comments. One thing I will put in there real fast before we talk about episode eight, got to give a shout out to Han, of course. We, uh, of course, yeah. Big RIP. We lost for, Han. <laughs> yeah. Or did we? We might see him again in episode nine. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. No, no one's ever really gone. I, uh, Joey, I need you to know, I tried so hard when I was reviewing these to not just, like, make points of writing notes about, like, what? Why is that? Like, what? Why? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I did really well with it. And then I I'm got... Happy. I'm proud of you. I, the further in I got, I was like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Anyways, yeah. Uh, episode 8, The Last Jedi, came out on December 15th, 2017. Uh, almost exactly two years to the day after the force awakens it is also the longest of these three films coming in at two hours and 34 minutes roughly 13 minutes longer than episode seven and about 11 minutes longer than episode nine um this is also the tribute film to carrie fisher if i'm not mistaken um i thought it was also pretty fitting and and i didn't remember this until my watch through the first line of this film is delivered by billy lord um Fisher's daughter, and so I was like, "Oh, that's cool." I didn't notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the last time I had seen it. One of the biggest points in this um, movie, apart from different various shifts that we've sort of already touched on with Episode Seven, like the love interest thing, for example. Uh, but apart from that, uh, right away initially, I noticed a change in how Snoke and Kylo's relationship is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, in episode seven, it feels very not reserved, but the way that Snoke is talking to Kylo, it's it's kind of slow. It's like, you know, you are my apprentice. Like, yeah, go here, do this. And then in episode eight, it's like, you're worthless. How could you? Yeah, you know, right. It's like this this anger shift almost a little bit from Snoke. Um, by the way, played by none other than our favorite. Andy Serkis uh, from the renowned show Andor. Catch it on Disney Plus if you haven't seen it yet. Kino is Snoke. <laughs> Kino is hashtag Kino is Snoke in the comments. Right. 
Um, but I, you know, I thought that is definitely a purposeful choice on on the part of Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about the portrayal of Snoke in this movie? Because he is one of the uh, most distinguishable differences right away in this one for mm-hmm. me, at least, compared to Episode Seven. I think I can't go into that without saying this first is uh, something you mentioned about the first episode is that there was not a, a ton of risks taken. Yes. There was every risk taken in this yes. movie. This is the um, most risk taking of the three. This is I would the say. Most, yes. This is out of the three. This one took the most risk. They swing for the, they swing for the, the, uh, the, uh, for a home run. Every single, every single character tried to do this. Um, I don't know if it hit, if everyone stuck, but I I appreciated the opportunities and the shots that we we try to get with all of it, um, and with Snoke, I think that's that's I think the the emergence of Snoke in the first in the first film and kind of where we were with um, where we were with him in this one, uh, and to end up at the end of the film where he is essentially taken down by you know the the by kylo Mm -hmm. um i thought that was a risk because that's not because if you look you know if we if we think episode seven is like episode four then this should line up with episode five and it did not you know we we took down who we thought was the ultimate villain very early on in in this trilogy Mm -hmm. um so i remember when i watched it originally when it happened i was just like oh well, I didn't think that was going to happen quite yet, you know, um, only to emerge that, you know, Kylo was going to kind of stay because the normal track that you would have seen would be he turns on everyone evil, Kylo does, and then joins Rey and then all, you know, then they will fight the universe together on the light side. That was kind of, you know, where you thought this was going, but then it did not. He stayed on the dark side he stayed um with the empire well um, yes and um first order yeah first, first order sorry first oh order God. empire first potato order. potato all guys yeah all yeah. guys i'm like i said that i'm like that's not right uh stayed with the first order and um yeah so I, so that risk i, I kind of liked all of that um but going back to snow you know i think the it was interesting because it it, and I remember thinking about this the first time, and thought about it again this time. I'm like, well, what was the point of him? You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I think you, a lot of people felt that way. You're like, you, 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 you know, you had this, you know, credible actors, incredible character. I thought was very interesting. Um, like you said, they ramped him up a little bit here in this in this episode, so you know that was cool. But then to to have it all end so quickly, you're just like, mm-hmm. oh, well, that was. You know, and a lot of people either thought that 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 was pretty anticlimactic of that particular character arc, maybe, you know, um, but to, you know, go back to what it did for the rest of the film for Kylo and everyone else. I thought it was I thought it was an interesting choice. Yeah. Yeah. Snoke, to tie it back to what we were talking about earlier with the directors, Snoke is the single most tangible uh, difference in terms of plot and storytelling that. Like, undoubtedly, if J.J. Abrams was directing this film, Snow, I don't think Snoke would have died. Mm-hmm. Like, like, why introduce him the way you did in Episode 7 only to have him, like, what happened to him in Episode 8? You know, I, I think 
I think it's pretty fair to say that if this eighth film is uh, eighth episode is directed by Ryan or by uh, J.J. Abrams, that Snoke makes it through. I would I would guess at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I feel like to tie to tie it into what Star Wars is sort of going through now with lots of lore related to cloning uh, in the Bad Batch and in the Mandalorian. I feel like that is in some way going to tie into Snoke because mm-hmm. he's a bit of an enigma in the world of Star Wars. Like, where did this guy come from after the Emperor was killed, in quotes? Mm-hmm. Um, like, how did this guy obtain power and how did the First Order rise? Like, some of that has been documented in, in books in regard to the First Order. But I think, particularly with Snoke, we don't have yeah. a, a ton of info there. So... Um, although I do think the, I think the throne scene, throne room scene is, throne room scene. Wow, that's a tongue twister. Is really cool. Up until the fight, I feel like the fight is a little bit lackluster. Mm. But the dialogue between Snoke and Kylo yeah. and Rey, I really enjoy. I would argue, you said you ex- you would expect this one to mirror Empire. I think ep- uh, Episode Eight actually mirrors Return of the Jedi more uh-huh. than Empire. Sure, sure. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. scene is, I mean, there is a almost the same angle shot yeah. where Ray and Kylo are going up this elevator to the throne mm-hmm. room um, in the same way that Luke and Vader go up to the throne room in Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think there's arguably more parallels to episode six than episode five yeah. with, with The Last Jedi. Right. Um, there's other parts of this film that don't work so well. The casino stuff, Master Codebreaker mm. stuff. What did you feel mm-hmm. about that? Because I was really trying. I knew going mm-hmm. into this movie that was going to be the part of it where it was right. hard for me to get over some of the shortcomings right. of Listen, that piece of the plot. I think we already determined that we are the masters of side quests, Ben. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, I, you know, if that wasn't a side quest, I don't because I mean that ends up kind of being a dead end at the end of it. Yeah, they get the master code breaker. He ends up turning on them, and they don't do what they meant well, to do with, with the code the, breaker. They get is not even the master. It's not even code the right, right. It's not even the right. That's right. Yeah, it's some other random guy who happened to be in a jail. Right. Which I, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I forgot that before yeah, yeah. this watch through. Me too. Or maybe actually, I too. didn't even know that was a thing at all. Like <laughs> I, yeah, I always thought in my memory that Benicio del Toro's character was the master code mm-hmm. breaker. Mm-hmm. And then when I watched it through, I was like, oh, this is like just some this random some, guy who's yeah. good at breaking codes. <laughs> right. Yeah. How how convenient. No, I but like I said, master masters of side quest. So I think that's mm-hmm. that's all that was. Um I I actually did enjoy it watching it again because there were a couple of storylines happening at the same time. I always kind of like that because you had everything that was going on with Ray and Luke, which we'll go back to Luke in a second. Um there oh my was gosh, we haven't even everything talked about Luke yeah. in this movie yet. <laughs> There's everything with Kylo and and um Kylo and Ray. They're, they're kind of doing the the force time, not FaceTime, but force time, you know, with each other. Um then we had everything what that was force going on. Time. <laughs> Every, I like yeah, that. yeah, that was me and my buddy who came up with that. Um then there was the whole thing with um what was happening on the ship with Poe and uh Vice Admiral Holdo and you know, so I kind of liked that. Like kind of that spread out. They were all kind of spread out. 
Um, and so you had to kind of copy, you know, you had to follow along with each of them. So the fact that one of them was a side quest, it, it actually didn't, I didn't mind that as much. Um, and also I, I kind of really did like the, the casino. I, I love, first of all, the music in all of these films. Yeah. Just, I loved it so much. So I, I think that's always what brings, what makes Star Wars, Star Wars is kind of that music. And uh, I think the casino music in particular, I really did enjoy. Anyway, um, but yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I, I think maybe they put a little more too much emphasis on that story to end up like kind of going back and like not really having any success out of it. Um, but I think the uh, I still like I said, I still enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. And during that storyline, they I also think they do a semi decent job of building uh this relationship between yeah uh finn and rose Rose, only to kind of kind of throw it away in episode nine but as yeah um that was actually one piece that i in my memory i didn't remember it being good (laughs) Mm -hmm. but watching it again i found it not as difficult as i thought it would Right, I, I and thought I think, they did an okay job of building that relationship. I think Rose gets a bad rap in this one too. So, uh, the, you know, the where she was in the universe, she was, you know, she came up on a planet that was also, you know, essentially destroyed by the first order. She goes on this planet, which is Canto Bite, mm-hmm. and kind of sees exactly the same thing happening there. So, um, I thought I thought that was a kind of a cool story to kind of bring into, into uh into this trilogy but like you said only be thrown away <laughs> then you know you don't see her basically at all in the next uh, uh the next movie um so i kind of i i feel like that we needed more of rose and the, the finn rose kind of relationship was going um but yeah so as much as i wanted to stay positive like i wanted this to like either it make up your mind is it going to be a ray finn thing is it going to be a rose finn thing is it going you know so um, I think we're, I, 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 it just gets muddled up r- right here. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, the, the Ray, I, I would say a hot take of mine is that I think the Finn Rose relationship actually works better than the Ray Kylo relationship. Sure. 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 Yeah. At least I find it way less uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Especially in this yeah. movie where there's like that weird scene where his shirt is off and she's like, could you please put a shirt on? Yeah, so that like, came that like no. came out of nowhere. By yeah. the way, <laughs> You're like okay, whatever. This is odd. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we and, gotta and talk. This... About... Oh, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, we were gonna say the same thing. Were you gonna yeah. talk about Luke? Yeah, this yeah. Takes the, the, place, the big uh, elephant in the room. Yes, this takes place after Ray has met with Luke, offered him his lightsaber. Of course, the movie starts off with him chucking it over the edge of the cliff, and uh, everyone in the audience is like, "What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me now." Is this Luke Skywalker who just threw his lightsaber into the ocean, presumably? Um, I think another reason why fans did not receive this movie well. By the way, this movie got 91% by the critics uh, and 42% from the fans. By far the largest disparity uh, between any of these three films. Um, is Mainly because I think people felt like this heroic character that they had mm-hmm. known and grown up with had been um, changed or or the character it, itself in the film of Luke was not 
what people thought it should have been or not in line with their Luke Skywalker. Right, exactly. You know, at the, at the, at one point he and it's funny because part of the culmination of this film is I think Luke learning um through the process of training Ray, but also kind of learning from Yoda's Force Ghost too. When he's like, I've got to burn the books. I've got it, you know, I've got to I've got to burn it and all. The, and the Jedi religion, yeah. Yeah, he also refers, I think this is the only time, yes, other than like Han Solo in the original trilogy when he's like, hokey religions and ancient weapons. I think this is the only time a Jedi refers to like being a Jedi as a religion that I can think of. Maybe I'm wrong, but that stood out to me as noteworthy or notable. I was like, that's interesting mm-hmm. that he's calling it a Jedi religion. Um, anyways, regardless of that, Yoda, you know, Luke's on his way to burn the books. He he's hesitating, and then Yoda like summons lightning or fire from the sky, and it burns the tree. Yeah, right, right. So Yoda is almost like confirming what Luke is. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I think I I actually took that way better this watch through than I did on my first watch through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On my first one, I was like, how could he burn the books? You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. But I, I kind of get it. The real theme that I think they're trying to talk about with this um, portion of the movie, like Luke and Ray in their training and with Yoda as well, is that light and dark are always going to exist. Even if there is no Jedi, even if there is yeah. no Sith, there will always be light and dark. I mean, it's the closest thing in the sequel trilogy to um, kind of what Rebels touches on in in like the grayness of things and just the force as a whole and not like this guy good this guy bad they fight each other yeah. like it's it, it it didn't expand a ton on that but it was really delving into the ideas of um good and evil in a way that wasn't just very rudimentary like i would right. argue episode seven and eight yeah. uh, seven and nine are right by the I way the- you want to hear my hot take okay this is my biggest hot take of this podcast. Uh, maybe this gives away too much about my list after the films, but my biggest hot take of this podcast is that this was my favorite one to watch of the three. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Um, to go back to what you said about you know we're, you know we're t- us talking about Luke and and what we're saying about risks. Mm-hmm. Um, huge risk what they did here, <laughs> what what Ryan did here. Um, the. I feel like I'm okay with the character he became that Luke became mm-hmm. um, as far, as long as there's some type of explanation, you mm-hmm. know, it kind of, there was there from the end of return of the Jedi to here. That is a, the Delta between of what we, we know the change between that is a complete, it's like essentially fundamentally a different character. Right. Um, so, but, it doesn't mean that can't happen. It doesn't mean that that's something. Yes, it is our hero, um, but it doesn't mean that can't happen. So I think the um, the execution of it was bad. Mm. You know, if if there was some more explanation of you know what had happened going into it, maybe if there was like a little mini series before this, I don't know. If the if there was a way for us to to reconcile where he was at the Return of Jedi to here, I think it would have been all right. Yeah, um, and and the focus here actually, and I think people don't want to talk about this. 
is is not the not the character arc of Luke. It's actually Ray. It's actually supposed to be Ray's story here. You know, so if you even if you watch if you watch it from this angle, where Ray is struggling to figure out exactly where she belongs in all of this, right? That that's kind of where I, I took this film. Where she and she even says it as much. Like, I don't know where my place is in all of this. By the way, writing, I, I thought the writing was pretty good in this one. Yeah, I would agree. Um so I, I think the fact that if you look at it from race perspective, and I know there there are some people that just don't like her character for whatever reason, but if you look at the storyline from there, you can see from film to film her struggling with that. She is she has gotten she has realized the powers that she has, um, and she's trying to figure it out the entire time. She she's going to somebody who is supposedly the best, and he's not available for it. So now she's going to be like, well. Where do I turn? I'll turn to somebody who I can go to, which mm-hmm. is Kylo in this sense, right? And I think that's something people don't want to recognize. And yeah. as much as and I think this film actually solidifies that because if if you don't have anybody, and you've got at least somebody even to talk to, of course you're going to build a relationship, a bond, whatever it is between Ray and Kylo that starts here. Mm-hmm. So I I think that's so my hot take is. That I think I enjoyed this more than any of the other three, <laughs> and I think we're going down the same road. Then <laughs> is that even though maybe not all of the risks hit and were executed properly, I think this is what this trilogy needed. So, to the forty-two <laughs> percent, I don't agree necessarily here. I think it was, and I, you know, I'm gonna say it here: it was the best of the three. I think it okay. I was gonna say not only do I did I enjoy it the most, I think it's a, the best movie of the three. Yes. Um, I was gonna say me personally, but I think it's hard to say objectively when it comes to yeah, these yeah, things. Yeah. Of course, of course. But I I would say objectively, it's the best of the three. It, I mean, it's far and away better than episode. I mean, nine. Let's, I, I mean, I mean, <laughs> let's let's even talk about. You know, I know Gibble's like, hey. <laughs> let's talk about how much more we wanted to talk about this in comparison to the last episode right yes because episode seven was just like here fluff and this is this is great whatever you can get into so many levels into this movie and mm-hmm. people want to hate on it i get it but like even here yeah perfect with, <laughs> thank you Gibbo. with finn here at the end of this i was like is he really gonna take one for the team you know yeah, I mean, I I genuinely when I first watched it, I'm like, because you you knew how much hate he had for the first order, and he would do this, he would do this, and uh, you know, essentially when Rose takes him out to make sure, it only solidifies that possible relationship even more. So, as much as there was very disconnected between the last episode and this one, I thought I thought this one was the superior one, at least of the two, and then ultimately of the three. I feel like the low percentage from the fans on this movie, a lot of that is was frustration and even anger at the time for, mm-hmm. you know, Luke being killed off. Mm-hmm. And maybe in a way that was very unsatisfying right. or people were like, right. Luke wouldn't die that way. And here's, and the, like, here's the, here's the execution I mean, thing I'm talking about. You yeah. know, it's like, okay, maybe that could have done been done better too. 
you know. Yeah, but, but it's a sacrificial death too. You right. Know, yeah. I, I get that it was kind of like I guess lame, but I think it's more important about what the death represents, not necessarily like how it happened. Exactly. Exactly. And that's again, this is you know meant to be Ray's story at the end of this. Mm-hmm. You know, this that's what it's meant to be. Um, and I've said this in the past, not with you, but with friends in the past, is that the worst thing that they kind of did with this trilogy is. And is have Han and Luke and Leia be in it? Honestly, I think yeah. if 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 you if this was a separate entity, you did not have expectations of certain characters. I think this would have been a, a slam dunk. This entire this entire trilogy. I mean, I I definitely agree with you. Uh, from from a money perspective, I mean, it totally makes sense to have them in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even from like a fan perspective, because it's you know you get all these people who were born in the 60s 70s 80s 90s yeah of course we're like oh my gosh they're back in this one you, you know like i'm this is how you get the the old mm-hmm. guard per se on board with wanting to go see these films is putting those characters in it yeah however i would totally agree with you that the inclusion of those characters in the films forces the writers to make the story mm-hmm. if not around those characters very mm-hmm. inclusive uh, those characters roles in the film very inclusive in the plot of the film mm-hmm. and so sometimes you know sometimes it doesn't work fully um and yeah. then you have and people I, like han solo who are like you better you better write me off in the first yeah. film i'm not coming right. back for the next ones <laughs> yeah and i mean this is probably in you know a pretty good time to move on to the next one yeah yeah because of what actually happens in real life with yes. one of these characters, unfortunately. Yes. Um, sorry, last thing I wanted to say about Last, Je- last Jedi. My f- I thought the best line in the sequel trilogy came from this movie, too. Oh. Um, the greatest teacher failure is. It's when Luke yes. is talking. Yes. Or when Yoda's yeah, talking when Yoda's to talking, Yes, I heard that. Like, oh, that's so good. Like, good at no line. point in episode seven or nine was I like, <laughs> oh, that was a really great line. Yeah. I paused and I was like, I gotta write that down. That yeah, is, yeah, yeah. that is like quintessentially Yoda and quintessentially Star Wars. But and sequel. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like we could probably talk even more about Episode Eight, but again, at the risk of running too long, because I think we're already an hour into this pod, um, we'll go ahead and hop on into Episode Nine, uh, which premiered on December twentieth of twenty nineteen. Again, nearly almost two years to the date uh, after the release of the Last Jedi. Um, this one is generally regarded as kind of a head scratcher, maybe is a kind way to put it. Um, so of the three movies on the rewatch, this was the one I went into thinking, okay, like really, really try to give this movie a chance because I will say at the end of episode eight, walking out of the theater, I wasn't incredibly pleased but at the end of episode nine i was like tangibly sad (laughs) like i went to the film with my dad and both my brothers and none of them are like massive star wars fans but they you know they like star wars and i remember walking out i didn't actually stand up for probably two or three minutes as the credits were rolling and i remember my dad (laughs) looking at me and saying, well, what'd you think? And I was like, I just, 
feel like they ruined Star Wars. <laughs> and I know we yeah, like yeah. joke around about how I felt about episode how we, mm -hmm. how I feel about episode nine a lot of the times. So having said that, I was going into this rewatch like like I'm going to give this a full chance to like change my mind or or, or you know adjust my thoughts or feelings on this movie. Um, and I gotta say, while this movie definitely has the most flaws of the three sequel movies. I think the first third to first half of this movie is not that bad. I agree. Um, and there's parts in it where I'm like, okay, like expand on that a little bit more, but nothing in the first half of this movie. I'm, I'm saying that off the top of my head, I don't recall anything super specifically. Um, the throw off thing with Chewie is a little weird in the beginning too, mm -hmm. but there's really nothing in the first half of this film for me that was glaringly bad. Maybe like I remembered it being. Um, and I guess I could get into m more of my thoughts on the, on the movie too, especially the second half and the last half hour or so. But wh what did you feel about episode nine? So when I first watched the movie, um, I was actually in San Francisco with some of my buddies. And we went into it originally just saying... We don't know what's going to happen here. We're just going to go along for the ride. Mm -hmm. And whatever happens kind of happens here. You know, it's Star Wars. You know, we, we try to be not overly critical with everything that we watch. So, you know, we, you know, going into it, that's kind of what I was thinking at the end of it. Okay, yes, it wasn't like the best, but I still walked out like, okay, I was, I enjoyed myself. There were definitely bits and pieces of it yeah. where i'm like i you had I'm a more not... positive attitude yes, about it than exactly. i did yeah i did not think it was the end of star wars <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I almost cried <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean we've we've kind of talked about it over the you know past year or so um or two years probably at this point uh, you know how much you love love this particular uh movie so i i, yeah. I figured that as much but i mean for me like the first even the first like 15, 20 minutes of it where a lot of people, I know a lot of people like I talked to didn't like because it was so fast paced. It was kind of quick, quickly going from scene to scene and, you know, story to story and where we are to finally kind of come all together and try to slow down, you know? So I kind of like how we got thrown into the first scene with, with uh, Kylo. Um, the, the, the biggest criticism I have for, this episode um was they just like threw the emperor in the all just like it was it, yeah. it felt like it felt really i remember because i was at star wars celebration as shown by my shirt um uh easy flex um that's where they show the actual trailer for it and actually ian mcdermott was there when they showed the trailer so for those who don't remember the trailer at the very end, you hear the emperor's laugh. Um, and that's, that's kind of how, yes. oh, the, 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 yeah. So that's how you know that he has come back. You I remember know? that reveal. That was pretty epic. That was pretty incredible. Right. And so, then everyone started thinking about it and they were like, wait, well, but how like, exactly. <laughs> like, it's amazing. But you're like, wait a minute, this is how many years after he died already and all this. And um, so, but by throwing the emperor into it, Without any, and again, this is the same thing where you know with Luke and his change, whatever. 
How are you going to throw the Emperor like in the last episode without any context going into the any of the trilogy? You know, like the the only thing that we have is the um, is Snoke at this point, and then all of a sudden the Emperor pops up. You know, you're just like, I have no idea where I am in space. <laughs> like I have no idea where I am in time. So I, I I think that's that was my biggest criticism. And even going back to what I said earlier about bringing in kind of these quote unquote legacy players, legacy actors into it. It's it's like you're like okay well we need a home run let's just throw the emperor in it that's what it felt like to me you they'll know? accept it <laughs> yeah, they should be fine you know now is, was this part of the the grand scheme of things from the beginning I have no idea but I would it just, I would very much doubt it I don't you know what I mean yeah so it, it it felt like again they were taking a risk but to cover cover their butts you know like we need to make something crazy happen here let's just have the emperor show up. You know, that's that's what it felt like to me. Um, and to ultimately have Ray be like a descendant of Palpatine, I was just like, okay, I guess. Like, there was a lot of that happening. in Yeah, in this and they episode. don't go into hardly any detail about, like, first of right. all, this also makes us accept the fact that Palpatine was, like, getting freaky with somebody and had kids and, and then, like, killed his and, kids. And, and... Yeah, nobody wants nobody wants that image. I mean, if you want to talk about, yeah, that's that's scarring yeah. for anybody. Yeah. So, it, first of all, it forces you to accept the fact that, like, Palpatine, like, had kids with someone. By the way, Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, Happy Mother's Day. I mean, who knows what happened to this, you know, woman yeah. who who birthed okay. Palpatine's? I, they don't even make it clear if the mother is Palpatine's kid or if the father is Palpatine's kid. Yeah, we have no idea. Which I guess, in the grand scheme of things, they're like, ah, doesn't matter. Yeah, but it, it's. It's but, odd. I mean, the only thing it does it gives it gives you a it gives you a reason, quote unquote reason as to why Ray has these powers, which I don't think you necessarily even need. You know, right. I don't think I don't think that's just just because somebody has force abilities doesn't mean they they have lineage to anybody necessarily of importance. Right. There was a lot of like theories saying that she was Obi Wan's kid or Luke's kid or whatever kind of going into this. Um, it didn't need to be that. So when they when they dropped that, you know, bomb of like, oh, you're Palpatine's kid. I'm like, I mean, I guess, you know. So, so I I was like I said, there was a lot of me saying that, like, uh, okay, I guess so. I'll I'll go along with it. And, yeah. and the first watch through and this watch through, it was pretty much the same as far as much, um, as me just being like, okay, that's that's what happened here, you know. I would say my this watch through, I was probably more positive on it. Than mm -hmm. the first time I saw it, only because the first time I saw it, I had a, a decent amount of hopes going into the movie, and I I think it I felt let down by it a lot when I saw it the very first time. I think I was able to appreciate some things about it this time that I wasn't before. Right. Um. I just I guess the the fight scene on the you know the. I guess mm -hmm. the Death Star remnants, Death Star, is that yeah. what it is, at the yeah. end of the film with the water crashing? I would say that's probably my favorite fight scene of the sequel trilogy. Oh, yeah. Um, now, is it choreographed, like, super well? Eh, I But I like the environment. I, I think yeah. the dialogue is probably the best of any fight scene. I don't know. The Episode 7 one is good, too, in my opinion. But this is this is my personal favorite. Uh, mm -hmm. from this movie uh, 
I also I I don't know if I should run through these now or if you want me to wait to run through these until at uh, wait till the end of our discussion about episode nine to run through these. But I can't help but say I have so many questions when the credits roll for this movie. Yeah. Like, do you want me to go through them now? I won't answer them all. I'm just going to read them to you. Yeah, let's let's run through them. Yeah, let's hear. Okay. First of all, how does Palpatine survive? Mm-hmm. Who who is like who are the Emperor's kids? Are they important mm-hmm. to the story? Um, why was Luke willing to train Ray, someone who is prone to dark side tendencies, after he has like sworn off training people after like training Kylo Ren? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how can Ben talk to Han if Han is not force sensitive? Mm-hmm. Uh, what did Finn want to tell Ray? This one is a big one yes, for me. Yes, yes, yes. I like, think, yeah. it's teased like 30 minutes into the movie. It's like, mm-hmm. Ray, I have to tell you something. Yeah, yeah. And then at no point in the movie does he tell her anything. Mm-hmm. It's presumed that he's force sensitive, is what right, he right, wanted right. to tell her. Right. I yeah. think that came from an interview with JJ, maybe after the fact. But um, there's hyperscape, hyperspace skipping apparently now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Knights of Ren are really just like, a boy band pushovers yeah <laughs> uh where did this massive fleet of sith ships come from mm-hmm. it has been secretly been constructed in the middle of nowhere and apparently they all have death stars attached to each ship <laughs> um and actually we don't even know that for sure right. because the way that it's explained in the movie that each ship has a death star or not a death star like has death a death star, star laser like is that they see one ship with it and Poe goes, I feel bad for, for Oscar Isaac. Poe's character always gets the lines that are like the really stupid lines. Yeah, in yeah. this movie, I mean, in this movie. Um, he has the Palpatine is returned line where he's like, yeah. Palpatine is returned. Yeah. And they're all like, <gasps> you know, trying to yeah, make yeah. it dramatic. He and also that's has a meme the line, everywhere. That's great. Yes. Yeah. He also has the line where he says, um, uh, well, if that ship has it, they must yeah, all yeah. have it. And then they just all accept the fact that every ship has a Death Star laser. And it's like, mm-hmm. what? Yeah, yeah. Right. How did that happen? Uh, when Lando comes out of nowhere to save the day in this ep- in the, at the end of episode nine, where did these ships come from? Mm-hmm. There's thousands of ships. And Lando was gone for, what, two hours? <laughs> right. You know, like, where did all these people come from? Are these just, like, people across the galaxy? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just... I don't know. Oh, the other big one that really bothers me is when they find the dagger, they go to the planet. They just happen to be standing on the exact spot <laughs> they need to be standing on. And she pulls out the thing. She's like, Oh, I found and, it. Oh, it works. Yeah. You know, it's like, are you right. kidding me? Yeah. By the way, we experienced that same thing in Jedi Survivor the other day where we were just trying to figure things out. It took us an hour. I mean, yeah. I know you have force powers, but come on. Yeah. It's, work it. Look for a little just, bit. I have so many. I probably yeah. am leaving some out too, but yeah. there's so many questions. The second See, half, I feel like the second half of this movie mm-hmm. is where all the questions really start. And, and I, I wonder if we were to go back to the prequels or even the original trilogy, if we would have a list. You know, I don't, I don't know if I'm not saying Maybe. it would be, it, it may not be as egregious as this or as intense as this one, but we may have bits and pieces where we would pull out things too. I think. The sequel trilogy in itself 
just gives a bad vibe not a bad vibe but like it's not the favorite of a lot of of a good portion of people i wouldn't even say a lot a good portion of people there are people that i'm sure love the sequel trilogy it's their star wars um but i'm sure that you can do that with any of the trilogies where Mm -hmm. there's going to be a list of questions like wait midichlorians you know like you know what i mean so right yeah you know so there's there's always going to be people that question these things so um i mean to wrap it all up i i think that the i think that you know out of the three this one was it kind of set it stayed at the bottom there for me but i think the for me i think eight seven and eight switched i think i like last jedi a little bit more um than i did force awakens because of the risks because of you know the potential actually going out of it was actually better um i think going back to jj was probably not the play for this um for episode nine um if they could have gone to another one if they stuck with colin if they went to another director i don't know but um as much as i did enjoy it going into when i watched it the first time i mean i still had my my giggles and laughs here and here and there in this movie but uh, as a whole there were just some very cringy moments i'm like oh what are you doing why is and i you know i know there are people that like absolutely love the ray and kylo thing i I was just like, okay, this is here at the end of the movie, I suppose, you know, so, you know, like, I just, it just seemed like, I understand the, it, for me, for, for them, it didn't seem like it needed to end that way, you know, it didn't need to end with the kiss for me, for instance. You right, know, I, I think I, that I, it feels so forced. Yeah, yeah, I think that that was, I think the saving of lives or whatever it had to be could have just kind of be it. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, I thought that, you know, the, them teaming up on the emperor, I thought that was kind of cool. And, you know, yeah. so there, there were, there were moments, there were moments. The emperor um, has but, his, but, uh, Indiana Jones and right. uh, Holy Grail death. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but if I, I'll tell you what, if Endgame, Marvel Endgame didn't come out before this, I would have enjoyed this ending better because it was almost a shot for shot thing of, I, you know. Uh, I am Thanos. Oh, I am inevitable, and she's like, I am the Jedi, and you know, what I mean? like, and she—that's how she defeats the Emperor, <laughs> Thanos, whatever, what have you. You know, it's parallel. You know, it was one for one. So I think if 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 Endgame didn't come out before it, and it was the same thing, like I am all the Jedi, and you know, like, um, and it had the ent- entire like fleet of every single ship come in, just like all the Avengers and all of the every mutant and all that. You know, so it was just like. I feel like I've seen this movie because I have Disney. I've seen it. You know what my favorite part of that battle was at the end mm. was uh, getting to see uh, or getting to watch it with subtitles on mm-hmm. because the the only other time I'd seen it was in theaters. And so I was like, oh, who's talking right now? All of the voices when. This yeah. Is, yeah. And yeah. so you get to actually see the yes. person like I didn't know Adi Galia was even in there yep. uh, mm-hmm. or Ayla Sakura. I didn't know she Ayla was Sakura in there. Was there. Obviously Ahsoka was in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kanan was in there. Kanan, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, yeah. Anakin. I mean, there's like there's probably a mace. There's probably like a dozen of them. I want to say yeah, right. that all have lines in there. Yeah, um, so that was cool to get to watch that part with subtitles. Yeah, but um, I, not to move on from the episode nine stuff. Did you have anything else in regards to the whole episode nine? Because I had two very short, quick questions. Yeah, related to the episode. No. no, I think that's it. I mean, you know, 
you know, Gibbo brought up Finn here real quick. I think they did Finn dirty, just kind of overall. I've mentioned yeah, this in the I past. Agree. Um, he came out swinging on the, in the trailer. Uh, he had a lightsaber in. You thought he was going to be the one. He wasn't, which is fine, but they kind of pushed him to the side quite a bit. I think he, they could have used him a lot better. They could have used Poe a lot better as Oscar Isaac. Um, so I, I think, I think they, they, they had, a, they missed there. They definitely missed there with the, the arc that could have been with uh, John Boyega and Oscar Isaac and everyone. So that's, that was, yeah. that's probably my last uh, point. I want to ask you two really quick questions and then we'll probably have to start making our way out of here for this episode. How do you feel about the prophecy of the chosen one after watching episode nine? And number two, where's Grogu right now? <laughs> wow, these are really hard. <laughs> um the second one's kind of a joke question, but if you yeah, have a yeah, if you have a theory. Yeah, yeah. Uh Grogu was on Pasana partying with everybody. <laughs> I think that's where he was. He was on Canto Bite. Uh... He was in Canto Bite, yeah. He was he was actually in Canto Bite, yeah. Um as far as the prophecy, I mean Do you think Anakin is the chosen one? Right. Would you say yeah? Because I would still say yes. I, I mean probably yeah. I mean probably yeah. I mean the I mean out of out of what we've seen, the one to bring balance to the forest, right? Isn't that the prophecy, right? But do you think the Emperor coming back negates Anakin bringing balance to the Force and therefore being the Chosen One? Because I think the first time right. I watched Episode Nine, that's how I felt. I see, I see. And then I came around to the idea that, like, I think Anakin being the Chosen One and balancing the Force. Mm -hmm. and also I think that just, still holds. Yeah, I think it. I think it does too. Yeah, I think that still holds up. I mean, it, he balanced it then. I mean. That's not going to be a permanent thing, you know. What I mean, sure, like I, don't, yeah. you know, I, I, don't, I just don't think that's a permanent thing. I think to, to that point, if there just needs to be another prophecy, and that's how Disney's going to make more money. <laughs> oh my gosh, speaking... we've unearthed another prophecy from yeah. the Jedi Temple. And speaking <laughs> of uh, more money from Disney movies, huh. yeah, probably, we've got yeah. some uh, some new Disney films coming in the near future. Uh, of course, the one that we were going to particularly of mention and focus on as we wrap up here uh, is the Ray film and I feel like they can only go up from here <laughs> not in a yeah. bad way not to like demean no. any of the sequel stuff mm -hmm. because I think I think Ray's character <laughs> I actually don't mind Ray's character as much as most people yes um, I, I, I'm not a fan of like the Ray Kylo stuff but yeah yeah Joey's repping right now. I need actually. I need to get some sequel merch. I don't even know yeah, if yeah. I have sequel yeah. merch, but um. Oh, also, I'm just I'm looking at my notes. One thing I forgot to mention with episode nine. Shout out to Chewie for finally getting his medal. Yeah, there you go. Nice. Yeah, uh, he, he got it. He got <laughs> it. He got it. Uh, but with with the Ray film coming out probably in 2025, hopefully, maybe even maybe. later. Um, I, I think. The goal here is to do justice to the character of Rey. Mm -hmm. I just hope that it doesn't go in a really weird direction. Right, right, right. Uh, and speaking of Grogu, mm -hmm. I, I feel like there's a decent chance we get him in this film. That'd potentially, be interesting, yeah. yeah. 
Um, I don't know. What do you What do you think about the prospect of the Ray movie? Do you, or maybe <laughs> if you have an idea of what direction they're going to do with mm -hmm. the character of Ray. I think. I mean, one, they want to. They kind of want to milk this. I, yeah. I, I have a feeling, you know, what is their goal the, with this movie. That's what I want. Right, right. Yeah. So I, I think, and I don't know if it is, because I mean, I one, I'm happy that Daisy really is has agreed on to do this. That's that's incredible. Because obviously, you can't do this without her. Um, but I, yeah, what is their goal? What 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 are you? Tr what story are you trying to tell here? Because you're not you're not going to have a trilogy. This is a kind of a one one movie standalone movie, right? That's kind of what I think what it sounds great, like, personally. which is which is perfect. But as we've said in the past, we we're getting used to these TV series where you have six, eight, ten episodes to fully develop <clears throat> the story that you're trying to get. With this one, you have three hours, you know, um, if that. Now, now, now we have a we know who Ray is, so there's no need for develop you know character development necessarily. But I'm interested in what the story is because I'm, I mean, at this point, I think the only thing we know about it is he's rebuilding the Jedi Order, maybe, or something along those lines. Will yeah. a Finn be there? Will you know people that we've seen in the sequel trilogy have some type of role in it? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think we've had any announcements of anyone else other than her. I thought it was confirmed that John Boyega wouldn't be involved just because of the sour taste that. Wars mm -hmm. is kind of left in his mouth. And that's possible. I, yeah. I think I feel like I read that somewhere. Anyways, yeah. I, there's not a lot of details about it. Right. Yeah. So I think the I, I'm I'm more wait I'm kind of cautiously optimistic to see whether where they're going to go with this because like you said there there isn't really you can't really go down from where they ended off. Um, you know how they should open the movie. Uh, pans to Ray, she's reading a Jedi text. Oh my gosh. I can't believe they were all lying to me about being a Palpatine. Yeah, who is right. this Obi-Wan guy who's my father? <laughs> yeah. Rise of Kenobi. You know? Rise of Kenobi. Uh, yeah. And I think that, you know, I don't know. I just want Poe to come back and say, somehow Kylo has returned, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then she'll have the heart's eyes and come out, you know? But, um, no, I, I force resurrected him. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm here for it. I like Daisy Ridley. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun movie. I forget who's directing it. Um, but yeah, I I forget her name as well. Yeah. I can look it up while you're. I think she uh, was. Well, she I think she was the one that did Miss Marvel. Um, yes, if I'm that's not right. Mistaken, right? Which I enjoyed that series. So I think uh, it's gonna be. Uh, I don't know. I, I I'm not. I I want to know more about the story. You know, Charmaine obeyed Chinoy. There you go. So I'll, I'll be excited to, you know, 2025, I'll be there. I'll be, I'll be in the theaters. I'll be watching it. So um, as far as what, it, I don't think it's going to try to fix anything from the trilogies. The I hope trilogy. that's not hope the not. approach they take. I, I right, want yeah. them to not take the approach of let's try to fix things. I want them to just like expand and make yes. the character of Ray as interesting as she can be, you know? Yeah. Same. I, I, I think, there is promise to it. Yes. Um, but there is also like that looming hint that it potentially could do yes. harm. Yes. But I think it's more likely that people will have a positive experience with that movie. I would think. Mm -hmm. That remains to be seen, though. And I guess yeah. we'll find out in 
84 years whenever we get that film. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, this has been a long one. Uh, we, we had planned for this to be, what, like a 45-minute podcast? Minutes, yeah. yeah. And we're approaching an hour and a half. So uh, if you're still we listening to this podcast, we appreciate you. And thanks for listening to uh, our, our review and synopsis and covering of the sequels. Uh, in all honesty, we could probably talk about each of these movies for like an hour if we really wanted to. So uh, it's tough to cond condense each one to maybe roughly 20 or 30 minutes. But um, yeah, we, we appreciate you so much for listening. Uh, Joey, any any last thoughts on the sequels? Uh, just to re review, by the way, Joey and I, prior to our rewatch, both would have ranked it 7, 8, 9. And actually both after rewatching it would now rank it 8, 7, 9. Correct. So correct. There you go. Let us know down in the comments uh, of the Hot Hangout YouTube channel what your rankings are for the Star Wars sequels. Uh, any overarching or last thoughts on the sequels before we? I think I think it? everybody I think everybody needs to rewatch them. Give them another chance. Yeah, especially the people who are like kind of sequel haters, because I will be the first one to like raise my hand and say I'm an Episode Nine hater. Uh, but I I don't know if I am anymore. Uh. I'm not an episode nine lover, but I'm not, not a an hater, episode though. nine hater. <laughs> Baby steps, Ben. Baby steps. Baby steps in the right direction, everybody. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Hot Hangout Podcast. I think this was number 33, according to Producer Gibbo. Also, shout out to Producer Gibbo for this episode. I think yes. this was the most images ever gathered and, and uh, placed into the video version of the podcast. So. Uh, always want to give a special shout out to Gibbo for all the uh, hard work he does behind the scenes. We have a fun podcast episode planned for next week as well. It is actually the anniversary of the release of New Hope. Uh, I believe it would be, what did we say, like 46 Six? years? 46 yeah, 40, years. 46 year anniversary of A New Hope next week. So uh, we're going to be kind of going to the other end of the spectrum from the sequels and and talking about what started it all mm. uh, a new hope we're going to be diving in to during next week's episode of the hoth hangout podcast uh really looking forward to that one we might even have to bring some blue milk along with us and drink it during cool. the podcast who knows i like that who knows if you're not yet subscribed to the hoth hangout podcast on youtube we would very much appreciate uh you hitting that subscribe button over there I think we're approaching about 125-ish, almost there to that point, subs. So uh, thank you again for the continued support on YouTube as well as on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to us in audio format. We're available over there. And of course, you can check us out on all socials at Hoth Hangout. That includes Twitter, TikTok, and the newly created Hoth Hangout Instagram. So uh, if you're interested in following us there, that's where you can find us. This has been a fun one, a long one, but a fantastic one. <laughs> Joey, do you have any last closing thoughts? Somehow, Palpatine has returned. <laughs> if, if we hear that again, I'm going to be upset, though. <laughs> the Ray movie opens up. He's back. Palpatine's back again. Well, uh, you, you heard it. Somehow, Palpatine has returned. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Hoth Hangout Podcast. We appreciate each and every single one of you so very much. And may the Force be with you. <laughs>